This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Welcome to Unity Community of Central Oregon. It's so wonderful to be back here with you. This is a welcoming community. We want you to know that we welcome you exactly as you are with all the the differences and unique parts of you that make you interesting. We welcome you with the color of your skin and the way you identify as the gender and who you love and, and where you come from in your communities of origin and the places of the land where you grew and your ancestry, all of it. We welcome you exactly the way you are. We are creating a hearth here where everyone can connect and gather in love. And we are so glad that you are joining us today from wherever you are joining and from whenever you are joining. So thank you for being here. And let's say our mission statement together. We are a vibrant, welcoming, multi-generational, prosperous community embodying love and awakening spiritual consciousness. Let's move to Soul Shine. I get to see with Ananda here today. So this will be fun. Do a little guitar for us. Do a Karen Drucker song. I send my love. I send my love over the mountain. I send my love over the sea. I send my love into the heavens. And it returns to me. That's all the words. I send my love. I send my love over the mountains. Over the mountains, I send my love over the sea. I send my love into the heavens, and it returns to me. Play it on now. on it, Ananda. Let's turn it over to Claire for some celebrations. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Hey, first I want to make sure we're, I know that the past couple weeks we've been having some issues with the Zoom sound, so we're trying something different this morning to see if that fixes it. So if you guys can go in the chat and just say thumbs up, or if, you ha- if something's not stable, let us know. 
whether you're in Zoom or, or Facebook, that's always helpful. That's how we know if something's not working right. So let us know in the chat. All right. So this morning, Jane is doing the Garden of Eden, right? And so I figured in celebration of that, I would try and get Kevin to wear a fig leaf, but he didn't go for it. So I'm just... And then no, no one... <laughs> Dave says, thank God. <laughs> No, but maybe, I don't know, if any of you gentlemen are up for wearing a fig leaf to, in celebration of Garden of Eden talk this morning. Uh, not Kevin nominates Dave. <laughs> All right. So, I just had a few celebrations this morning. Marilyn Holler, who, as we know, has moved to the Valley, and she's so cute. Every week she says, oh my gosh, more stuff is coming up in my garden, and look at all this. You know, she's so used to living in Prineville, where it's really hard to grow blooming things. And so she's just ecstatic over her lilacs, her dogwood, her bulbs blooming. And then she's also celebrating that... um, her and her husband and her son have all had their second vaccine, and so she got to have a visit with her son and give him a beautiful hug for the first time in over a year or so, celebrating that. Yay, Marilyn. Um, we're also celebrating today that Ananda Yogiji is here to do our music for Sunday service and then also do a concert tonight at 6. So it's sold out for the in-house concert, but you can still tune in on live. They're going to talk a little bit more about that later. But just, you never know it now, but it's actually supposed to be raining this afternoon. So perfect time. You can't, shouldn't be out doing something. You can be at home in the rain and watch an amazing concert online and support your Unity community, right? All right, and let's see. Jane said she's still celebrating being at the beach. Even though that was a couple weeks ago, I think she's still there with her grandkids running and putting her toes in the sand and, and watching Nolan splash around in the wave and... Colton dig in with the trucks and making sandcastles. So she's still celebrating that. Um, And I hope you all have a beautiful day. If you have any other celebrations, go ahead and put them in the chat so other people can celebrate with you and give you a little heart or or thumbs up in there. And back to you, Miss Hyatt. So let's go into a time of prayer together now. And And I want to remind you that we have prayer claim forms that you can fill out there right in the the description of the talk. At the top of the... um of the thread, you can read the, and find the link there, or you can just go to our website and click on Discover Prayer. Uh, but we really, really, really encourage you to put in writing the things that are important to you that you want to claim for your life, and to know that when you do that, you have a whole team of people who are holding that intention with you. We, the idea that we can do this on our own is a crazy idea of an old story. And we'll be talking about how that old story needs to be going away. But the new story is connection. And so we hold our intentions in connection. And you do that by writing it down. That, that in itself has power. But then allowing others to share with it. We have, I think, at least 20 people on our prayer team that will be holding your intention with you all week. And we send it to Silent Unity. So Silent Unity is also holding it in prayer. And, and that's 24-7. So you get a lot more power when you do that. The other thing I want to encourage you, if you have not already signed up to have a prayer partner, right on our webpage, on the prayer page, you can sign up for that. We have somebody who I just got a request this morning, and so that person needs a partner. And hopefully, a lot of you would love to have a partner. It is so powerful to have this consistency every week. For some people, it's every day, but at least every week where you connect with someone and you share your intentions and you grow a friendship that is unlike any other you have ever experienced. And and you can talk to people who have had that experience. We've shown a video before and it may be on our webpage. I'm not absolutely sure about that. But it um, you can hear in their words what a difference it's made in their life and it could in yours too. So just go to our webpage and sign up and ask for a prayer partner and I'll match you with somebody that will be a good fit for you, I know. So 
That's all about prayer. And right now, let's pray. So let's put our attention on our hearts where all the power comes from. And in our hearts, let's hold in particular today the people in India who are in a situation that there seems to be no solution for. And yet we know when we turn into prayer that nothing is outside of what we call God. Everything exists within that creative principle, that divinity. And so there is a solution. There is healing available for the people of India. We hold the people of Sudan who are starving. We hold them in our hearts. And we claim that there is a solution there. We hold the United States and all of the injustice that is going on that has become so apparent in the last couple of years. The violence against black people. The challenges within our police departments. The people who are hungry who have lost work and cannot find it in a way that allows them to support their families. The people who are suffering with COVID. The people who are languishing in loneliness after over a year of this shutdown from COVID. All of them, we bundle them together in our hearts and we claim that there is a higher power than our logic and ingenuity. There is a higher power that is whole and live and filled and flowing over with love and possibility. And we hold that for all now. And we hold our beautiful earth, especially during the season of the earth, And we claim that the regenerative power of the earth is activated. Sorry. And that human beings are waking up to the importance of caring for our earth unselfishly. Let's just hold this prayer in silence for a moment. And then in our hearts, we just feel so much gratitude, knowing that even though we do not know the means, we know that divine order is at work. And we release this prayer into that order with gratitude. And so it is. And let's say, let's sing first.
Okay, let's say our affirmative prayer together. Are we good now? Okay, let's say our affirmative prayer together. Love is our ultimate reality, everywhere present and my life and in the world, as we gratefully acknowledge the presence and power of love now, we see as we hold in prayer healed and illumined by love. And so it is. Meditation. So there is a sacred geometry image known as the flower of life. And if you can picture a flower and think about it in a fractal way, so the flower keeps connecting to other flowers, and there's this whole pattern And what is life-giving about the flower of life is connection. So think about yourself as a flower, starting from your heart. And everything else about you, all of your extremities, all of your energy, are radiating out from your heart. You are the flower of life. And picture yourself as you reach out with your extremities and your energy, touching others who are exactly like you in the essential ways, also flowers of life. And everywhere you reach, there is another flower of life. We are surrounded and connected. Let's go into the silence and just hold that image and send love from our hearts to all of these other flowers of life and receive love from them. Now we come back, beautiful flowers in the garden of life. And we move into song with Ananda Yogaji, a song called The Flower of Life.
to the mother for she is the seed when we came from the stars and the heavens to the seas to the earth where we placed our own bare feet she embraced us with her love and said you are welcome child of God and take care of the land from there you will lead keep the waters clean from there you will drink the sun rays gold will That is so beautiful. Thank you. I can't wait to hear more of Ananda's music in concert this afternoon. Today is all about the Garden of Eden consciousness. So the Garden of Eden, just in case you don't remember, was the story about the state of affairs at the very beginning. When people were created, they were created to live in Eden. So the story goes. Now remember, this is sacred story. It was created in order for the people of the time, the Hebrew people, to have an explanation of who are we and where did we come from? And so, like every people of the time, in a pre-scientific era, they spoke in sacred story, in myth. And sometimes people think, oh, a myth, it's just a story. But that's not true. 
It is a story that holds seeds of truth that is designed to help us to remember something that we might otherwise have forgotten. The Hebrew people were a very mystical people, and they spoke in symbolism. And they had a language that had multiple meanings, even on a literal level, for any given word. Hence, there's a lot of mistranslation in the Bible because the wrong meaning was chosen by a literal culture who wrote things down. But the Hebrew people themselves were quite mystical. So when they talk about, in the beginning, there was this beautiful garden of Eden, and God walked in the garden, and humans walked with God. They are speaking in mystical terms, and they are describing a state of being when, where we are not separate. We are not separate from the beauty of the world around us. We are not separate from our understanding of ourselves as divine. It is a time of perfect tranquility, of abundance, of harmony. The Garden of Eden, Eden comes from a Hebrew word that means plentiful and splendid beyond all levels. It was never meant to indicate there is this piece of geography called Eden, and if you get out there with your archaeological crew, you can find it. That's not what it means. It means a state of consciousness. Now, was this state of consciousness in material form? I personally don't believe it was. But maybe. It it isn't, to me, worth arguing about. It's just clear that we're not in that state of consciousness primarily today. And so what happened? According to the story, there was... uh, God had told Adam and Eve that there is this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that you can't eat of. All these other trees in the garden, including the tree of life, go ahead and eat. But don't eat that, because if you eat from that tree, you will die. So that would be similar to saying, you know, go ahead, eat any of the food in the garden, but that poison ivy over there, don't touch that. That's not anything where there's cruelty involved. It's just recognizing that some paths work and some paths don't. And that tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a path that doesn't work. What is that? To me, it's a consciousness. It's a consciousness of separation. And when they talk about the devil in the form of a serpent, so realize that this is nothing against snakes. The serpent was the religion that they were most in conflict with at the time, the Canaanite religion, um, because the snake is really a symbol of, of life that continues and is restored as the sl- snake sheds its skin, its transformation. So there's nothing bad about snakes, but in the story, this is code for don't be tempted over there by the Canaanites. Stick with the true God that we believe in. That's what that means. But in the story, the snake tempts people, and he says, oh, God just doesn't want you to have this knowledge because then you'll be just like God. And and as the story continues, you see God acting like a, a toddler who's had somebody take his toy away. And, and well, if they, if they have that knowledge now, we can't let them stay here. They have to go. You know, it's just nothing that is in alignment, if you take it literally, with anything that we would consider the divine to be. But, but what they're really saying is that this tree of the knowledge of good and evil is about a shift in consciousness that takes us out of oneness. 
if all is one, if we are one with God, then all is good. But when we, st- when we shift into a consciousness of separation, when we say, well, this over here is good, and this over here is not good, we have made separation. And we do it to ourselves. We say, well, I'm good, and you are not. But under that is always the belief that I'm not good, or I wouldn't have to prove it. And so we suffer in our culture from this belief that there is something wrong with us. There is something wrong with each other. There is something, there's something missing. And all of this is not truth. It is not true that we are separate. That is the fallacy that took us out of the Garden of Eden. There is a wonderful book I've been reading called the Mo- Our Beautiful World, Our Hearts Know is Possible by Charles Eisenstein. It's such a rich book. And it's, the book talks about how there's an old story that's been going on for a long time. And that story is one where separation rules and struggle is so prominent, and we have to struggle to be okay. So when, when that is true, we suffer because we can never have enough. We can never be enough. And that's what he's talking about in this book, and that it's time for a new story, the story of reunion, where we come back, we come back to the Garden of Eden, where we're all together, where we know ourselves as divine. And he has this one passage that I really love. I love so much of this book. I'd, I'd stand here and read the whole thing to you if I thought I could get away with it. But, um, but there's this one part called the three seeds that I love. Once upon a time, the tribe of humanity embarked upon a long journey called separation. It was not a blunder, as some, seeing its ravages upon the planet, might think, nor was it a fall, nor an expression of some innate evil peculiar to the human species. It was a journey with a purpose to experience the extremes of separation, to develop the gifts that come in response to it, and to integrate all of that in a new age of revolution. Hold that thought for a minute. Instead of looking around the world at all the things that appear to be wrong with it, and saying, wow, have we messed up? What if we say we are on this journey and we are seeking gifts, treasures that come in response in all these fairy tales? There is a quest, and the hero and heroine of the quest have to go out and face hardships and struggles. And on the other side of that, they find treasures. Treasures mainly within them. They find their own character. So, if we are on such a quest as a species to respond in a different way that brings us back to reunion. As T.S. Eliot says, we go round and round and we come back and find ourselves at the same place. But we know it as if for the first time. What if we are on the spiral of life in order to really discover the wholeness of the love that we are So, in this parable that Eisenstein is telling, 
he says, we knew at the outset that there was danger in this journey, that we might become lost in separation and never come back. We might become so alienated from nature that we would destroy the very basis of life. We might become so separated from each other that our poor egos, left naked and terrified, would become incapable of rejoining the community of all being. In other words, we foresaw the crisis we face today. That is why, thousands of years ago, we planted three seeds that would sprout at the time that our journey of separation reached its extreme. Three seeds, three transmissions from the past to the future. Three ways of preserving and transmitting the truth of the world, the self, and how to be human. So, these are the three seeds. The first one is transmissions of wisdom. Every sacred tradition has wisdom, and it has the adepts in those traditions who are transmitting the wisdom to us. We find that we are drawn perhaps more to one tradition than another, some to a Hindu tradition, some to a Buddhist tradition, some to an indigenous tradition, some to a Christian tradition, some to a Jewish tradition. These are all traditions, and there are more. We find ourselves drawn to a particular one, but the wisdom embedded in each of these traditions is the same. And so we hold that wisdom. And as we study that wisdom and take it into ourselves, the seed begins to grow. Another tradition, another seed, is the indigenous tradition. The indigenous people are those who at some point chose not to continue on that journey of separation. They remained true to the connection with the earth, to the connection with each other. They didn't get on the bandwagon and have to have all the new toys and technology and things that we are so addicted to. They didn't have to grow because they knew themselves as whole. And they are teachers for us. We don't have to adopt their rituals, but we have to respect that they have something that we can learn, medicine that we need. The third seed is sacred story. These are the myths, the tales, the fairy tales. They are stories that when you read them, They're never meant to be taken literally, but they have a seed of truth in them. They are there to remind us of something that is really true. And if you think about the stories that you most love, you will see that that is true. Some of them are quite ancient and some of them are new. So whether it's a story, like the story of the Garden of Eden, or something new, like a story of how the Grinch stole Christmas. There is truth that we can harvest from that. And the truth, whatever seed we use, is going to help us back to find a state of reunion with all that is. And in that reunion, we find love. Because love is the truth. Love is the real truth. There's another book that I just finished reading called In Love with the World, A Monk's Journey Through the Bardos of Living and Dying. It's by Yanji Mingyur Rinpoche. It's a fascinating story about a young man. He's in his 30s, and he was the abbot of actually more than one monastery in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. And he had the idea that it was too easy for him to to access the wisdom of his his lineage uh, 
in the setting that he was in, where he was revered by all and he had kind of a cush life from that perspective. And so he decided to go on a wandering retreat for several years. And and so he snuck, he left a note and he snuck out of the monastery late one night. He had ordered a taxi. And so right away, the taxi didn't come on time and he kind of panicked. And then it did come and, and he was taken to a train station. But this man had never used money for exchange. He had never paid for anything in his life. Everything was taken care of in terms of his material needs. And here he is at the train station in Varanasi in India, and he is surrounded by people who are dirty and suffering, and it's crowded and it's smelly, and he's having a lot of reactions already, and he's thinking, it's only been an hour how am I going to make this for three years? And this idea that I have going out and, and begging and, and learning that way, maybe this was a bad idea. But he was so steeped in the practice of meditative awareness of what his thoughts were, what his feelings were, that he was able to persevere. And the story goes on. It's quite a fascinating story. But at at one point, when he is finally begging, he begs and he receives some food and he gets food poisoning from it. And, And he actually goes into the process of starvation and dying. And he's continuing to pay attention to his thoughts and his feelings. And he's watching as the life force pulls away from his material body. And he goes through, the bardos are these states of being in that tradition. And he goes through and he is in the bardo where less and less of the material world is true anymore. And he is becoming one with love. And it's so powerful. And he is leaving behind all that is. And suddenly he is pulled out of that because a a man who he has befriended, an Asian man who had asked him to help him with some of the teachings, this man finds him, recognizes him, gets him to a hospital, and he is brought back to material life through that. And so after he is healed from that, he wants to go right back out and do it because his consciousness is so informed now by what he experienced in that bardo. And this is part of what he says. I felt like an animated movie character endowed with supernatural strength, imbued with acceptance, spacious awareness, compassion, and emptiness. These were the resources, the shelter, and the food that would nourish me for the coming days and years. My heart was expanding with a love that I had never experienced an infinite appreciation that came from the center of my being radiated to everyone. Everyone that I had ever known, family and teachers who had nourished and guided me, friends, the Asian man, the doctors and the nurses, the cremation wall that had supported my back, the trees that had checked, shaded me. I felt appreciation for every cloud, every affliction, fear and panic attack for the roles they had played in my pursuit of understanding. And I directed special gratitude for the infection that had blessed my body. To you, my beloved guru, illness of infinite compassion. I bow with 100,000 prostrations to you who guided me to the ultimate truth, who clarified my understanding, who unlocked boundless love. I offer gratitude forever. And he went on from there. He went on for several more years to just accept whatever came his way with so much gratitude. He was no longer bound by the idea of separation. He would notice, did it please him or not please him, but it didn't matter to him. He was in love 
with the whole world. And that, I believe, is the Garden of Eden consciousness. That is what we are called to be and to do, is to love it all, accept it all. And we can only do this by recognizing that we are one, that that flower of life, that sacred geometry is a truth, that we are here to embrace the connection that we have with everyone, not to discriminate and say, oh, not you, but to be curious when I notice something that is different about you than it is about me, then that is an invitation. It's an invitation to deepen my love. If you think about, since we're talking about gardens, if you think about a garden or a farm, you don't want to always plant the same crop. Farmers know this. They vary their crops. Because if they don't, they will deplete the nutrients in the soil. And we are the same. We can't just be around people who are just like us. We need to be around a variety. We need to welcome that which is unfamiliar, that which causes us to stretch and grow. Then we are truly in the Garden of Eden. This week, I invite you to really breathe into the reality that everything around us is an outpicturing of the truth of who we are. Everything around us is life. Everything around us is a call to love. Let yourself imagine if your breath became a call and response to life. How beautiful would that be? And if we did it together, Thich Nhat Hanh said, the next incarnation of Buddha will be a sangha. Matthew Fox said, the coming, the second coming of the Christ will be the Christ consciousness in all of us. We cannot do this alone. We must recognize that we are all in this together, co-conspirators in life. A conspirator is one who breathes together. So let us breathe a call and response to life. Let us go home to the garden. Namaste.
Representing the energy of the upward and the moving, moving energy upward and the moving energy downward and all along the spine, the shushmana, the shushmana, the central channel, and then invoking just this kind of upward and vibrant life force. And uh, so I, for some reason or another, kind of combine it with those English words of just to breathe, breathe in your heart, breathe in this life, this love that just animates all that is. So thanks for having me here. think that's going to be my practice for this week, and I hope you'll consider doing that as well. And speaking of this week, we have some wonderful opportunities. I am so grateful to Sylvia Hayes and to the whole Earth Care team who have been working at coming up with ideas for, um, for enriching our season of the Earth. And the first, on Tuesday, we have two coming up. Bright and early in the morning, Suzanne Landry is going to be leading us on a, a trip to not landfill. And so if you, um, that's at 9 a.m., I know I'm going, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to learning more about it. And so let her know that you're planning to come. Um, and then Tuesday evening, Sylvia Hayes is leading a sacred economics class. So that book that I was referring to by Charles Eisenstein, I am betting that that's one of the references that Sylvia is using because she has been studying this material for her entire career. And she's, she is so knowledgeable. And she's offering this out of the generosity of her heart. It's, it's a free class, and I hope that a lot of you will sign up to take it. it you'll learn so much. Um, and then tonight we have a concert with Ananda Yogaji, who is right here. Um, so 
do you want to tell us a little bit about the concert and, and how people find it? Because it's sold out, so you missed your opportunity to be here, but you can still enjoy it online. Yeah. So um, you there's a link on the website. I'm going to have a fabulous band here of local uh, bandites. <laughs> going to have uh, David Watts on bass and Julie Southwell on violin. I'm going to have some great singers, Gabriel uh, Schonard on percussion, and uh, one of your locals, Greg, Greg on uh, vocals, another woman, Marie, and there might be some other guests, we'll see. So we have a really sweet band, and uh, I'm just going to be playing lots of beautiful heart songs, devotional songs, and some kirtan, some chanting mantras um, that just... uh, overall just a healing uplifting connected type experience so that's six o'clock tonight links on the um on your guys's website the unity central org. there'll be a link there and then you just have to register because there's it's a private link on youtube and then the the concert will be streamed on uh youtube okay and yeah. and you want to do that don't wait till the last minute to do it because you know how it is with timing for technology and you want to get that link. Singing is so important. I think it's, it's an energy that uplifts us and, and changes our vibration. So don't discount it. Really, really take into, into your heart how important and transformative this can be and how fortunate we have. Ananda Yogaji is somebody who has got a worldwide reputation at this point and has done concerts all over the world. And we are so blessed that he has decided Bend, Oregon is the it place for him. And, um, and so maybe we'll have more of these concerts happening. But today, is I've heard him and his band before, and they're, they're absolutely wonderful. So please make a point of doing that. We really appreciate having you here. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thank you. And a couple of other announcements from the Earth Care team. Um, George Lamaji is going to be leading a Badlands hike and geology tour on Saturday, May 1st. And um, that's going to be meet at the Walgreens. Um, and you can call George for more information. That That's one of uh, Jeff and my favorite places to hike. It's so rich. And George is just a font of information about... Um, the natural world, and so you'll you'll learn a lot being on that um, hike. And then tonight we have our new the health and wellness ministry has an evolutionary eating program, and right now they're focusing on feeding your brain and foods that will help to do that. And we, if we want to raise our consciousness, it's helpful to have a brain that's that's really well functioning. So um, Donna. Benjamin is doing Super Bowl foods on Zoom tonight. Um, I don't think that's connected to the Super Bowl, <laughs> which happened last month, but um, I think that it's, it's all food that could be in a bowl. And she has one recipe for, um, for butter, peanut butter, almond butter, um, nut I don't know what you call them, little balls. <laughs> They're yummy. I already made them. I saw the recipe, and I couldn't wait. <laughs> They're so good. So if everything is as delicious as that is, you want to be part of that. Um, and then the Zoom lobby is right after the service. So if you're watching on Facebook, um, you can always switch over to Zoom and say hello to your friends and have a chance to talk about what, what really inspired you with the talk today or the music. So there's a lot of ways to get involved in this community, and I hope that you're finding some that fit for you. And, and let's move now into a time of gratitude. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for the people that are here in this room with us today that are making this service possible whether it's the tech crew in the back, Kevin and Ian, or our musicians, or or Claire or Kalinda over there holding this energetic space. This is such a beautiful crew, and I'm so honored to be part of it. We, We have a message that is going out that is blessing our world. We are creating a hearth where everyone is welcome. And this is medicine that is needed in our world right now. What we are doing is important. And when, when you make contributions, 
whether it's through your talent or the generosity of your time, like Rachel Jumping Water Deer and Ian O'Sullivan were here cleaning yesterday, keeping our place functioning and healthy, or the people that are out in our garden making that work. No matter what it is that you're giving, when you give of your money, you are contributing to this vibrant, welcoming community, being here for others. You are helping to create the hearth that others can feel safe to come to and to grow in. So please think about that. As you make your offering now, it's, it's pretty easy to do. You can just text the donation. You can um, click on the link and make a donation. You can write an old-fashioned check and mail the donation. All of those ways work. But please consider doing that because it's important that we have the money that we need to do the work that we do. So thank you. Thank you for all that you do, all that you are, all that you give. And let's, let's just sing a little song of thank you to appreciate all of you. I got gratitude in my heart. I got gratitude in my soul. I just want to say thank you, thank you. I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you for it all. Thank you for it all. I got gratitude in my heart. I got gratitude in my soul. I just want to say thank you. Let's say our blessing together. From the love of pure spirit within us, we bless these gifts. We send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. And let's end with the prayer of protection. Please say it with me. The light of God surrounds me. I am the light of God. The love of God enfolds me. I am the love of God. The power of God protects me. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over me. I am the presence of God. Wherever I am, God is because I am. Namaste. The love of God. The love of God unfolds me. I am the love of God. The power God, the presence of God watches over me. I am the presence of God wherever I am. God is wherever I am. God.